Okay, all right, we're being recorded. Good evening, hope all of you are doing well. Tonight we're going to be learning Maseches Yoma, Daf Membeis. We're starting toward the bottom of Mem Aleph Membeis, about uh, eight or nine lines from the bottom of the page. And we've been discussing Sugas uh, of Para Aduma, and we'll be, continue, we'll be continuing those discussions as well. Uh, tonight we're going to discuss some Para Aduma and some of the partial Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur. But first, let's get started with the following. The Gemara opens eight, nine lines from the bottom. Amar of Chanin, we're on Memalaf from the base. Amar of Chanin, Amar Rav, Eitz Erez Rishni Tolas, Shekal Tasan, Shalheves, Ksheira. That if in the process of the Para Aduma, the Eitz Erez, uh, the wood and the Shni Tolas, the ribbon, if they catch on fire before they fall to the bottom of the, of the fire, why do we need them to fall to the bottom of the fire? Because of the phrase, El Toch, Srefas Hapara we have this aspiration that it should be burnt in the center, in the bottom of the fire. But if it burns up all the way up at the fire, so then maybe you're not Yotze. Here, the Gemara says, Allah is Ksheira. So asks the Gemara eight lines from the bottom of the page. Mesive, hold on one second. How can you say that if it catches fire without fulfilling El Toch Srefas Apara, how can you say that you're Yotze if uh, it doesn't burn all the way at the bottom of the fire? Mesive. If the uh, ribbon catches fire, so then the halacha is maybe lashon acherum So we see that when Rav Chanan opened up our Argamara, he says that if the, the ribbon catches fire right when you throw it in without it falling to the bottom of the fire of the paraduma, he says, share. But the Brysa says, no, you have to bring another one. So that seems to be a stira. And really, the question that we're asking is what is considered to be el toch srefas apara? How do we define? into the fire. So here the Gemara answers, It depends on what on what type of flame consumed the ribbon. Do we say that it's bikolachas, that it's some type of, uh, you know, peaking type of flame? Really, the flames overall are very low. This one kind of peaked up and it, and it caught fire. So then that's, uh, that's one halacha. And kan benichfefes, and that would be a different halacha. So that's how we would distinguish between the braces. Kan bikolachas, then you'd have to get another one. Kan benichfefes, uh, that would be considered Rava gives a different answer. Rava Omer, no. The whole, the whole idea of El that we need the ribbon to fall to the bottom of the fire, Bichlal is a machlokas. And we could answer Ravchanin being on one side of that machlokas and the Brisa being on another side of that machlokas. What is the reason why we wrap up the ribbon? Um, in order to give it some weight. So number one is not really because of weight. It's Kadesh Yehiu Kulan Be'aguda Achas Rebbe. Rebbe was of the opinion that the reason why we wrap up everything up, we wrap up the Eitzeres and the Shnitolas, why do we wrap all of them up in this ribbon? We wrap them up not because we care about the weight. We wrap them up because there's a halacha that it has to have kricha, that it has to be Be'aguda Achas. However, that's only the sheets of Rebbe. Five lines from the bottom of Memalaf Mabez, the Gemara says, Rebbe Eliez, Rebbe Elazar, Rebbe Shimon, Omer, Kadesh Yehei, Bahen Kovet, Yiplu, Latoch, Srefas Apara. Only the sheet of Rebbe Elazar, Rebbe Shimon, is the Rishita that says, Latoch, Srefas Apara is Mamish, and that's why we wrap up the ribbon around the eight Saras. Otherwise, uh, that's, that's what the Machlokas is. So we asked a question, we saw a stira, not really a stira, we asked a Kashan of Chanin. Chanin says, that uh, if it catches on fire well above the tochsrif sapara at the top of the fire, then the halacha is that it's shaved. The Brisa says no. And the Gemara gave two answers. One was the answer of Rava, of Abaye, of different type of flames. And the other was the answer of Rava, that really fundamentally there's a machlokas of whether Kobed, 
whether or not we need the the uh, the uh, ribbon to have enough weight to fall to the bottom, and that remains a machlokas. Three lines from the Gemara. The Gemara tells a little bit of a story, a halachic one, though. I know of three types of ribbons in halacha. Here's how the Gemara calls them out. One of them is the para aduma, which we learned about. One of them is for the seir mishdaleach. Well, really, it should be two, because what did we say? We said that it's not just the one la'azazal that has a ribbon. It's even the one that's la'ashem. But instead of tying it on the horns like we do by the seir mishdaleach, we tie it around the neck of the animal that's La Hashem to make sure that that animal doesn't get mixed up with other seirim. The achas shel mitzora, and also by a mitzora, the pasuk also speaks about this as well. And then, in addition to those three uh, times that we need the ribbons, he had also heard, Rav Dimi had also heard about three different weights that we needed to ensure the ribbons matched. And here's what they were: two lines from the bottom, achas mishkal asarazuz, achas mishkal shneislan, achas. Mishkal shekel lefarish. I also know, so he's got he's got the things he doesn't know how to match. I know about the three ribbons, paraduma sirmishdaleach and the mitzora. And I know about three weights. We've got ten zoos and we've got two slime and we got one shekel. But I don't know how to, you know, like when we were little kids, they'd say like draw a line from the column on the right to the right answer in the column on the left. So he says, I don't know how to draw the lines. I don't know which one to do. So it says the Gemara Kiyasa Ravin. Whenever we see Rav Dimi, we all often see Ravin together. Uh, they both made the same trip. So Kiyatsa Ravin Pirsha Mishmeda Rav Yonasan, he gave the answer. Top of Membez Medalev, Shalpara Mishkal Asarazuz. Really the heaviest one, and that's very heavy. Tenzuz is very heavy. It was wrapped up in other things. So it had uh, other things to donate to its weight. But the Para Aduma was the one that had the Mishkal Asarazuz. The Shal Seir Mishtalech Mishkal Shnei Slaim. The case of the, the Seir Mishtalech, that was the one that it was uh, was two selah b'shel mitzora was mishkal shekel. Amar Rav Yochanan pligi bar Rav Shimon ben Chalafta verabbanan bepara. The machlokas really is about uh, the world of para, uh, and he says that that machlokas is as follows: chad amar mishkal asar, chad amar mishkal shekel. At each extreme, so there's seemingly a machlokas about that. And to that, the Gemara says, if you want to remember this machlokas, v'simonech echad hamar ve'echad hamamit. Just looking at the language. The language seems to indicate if we were to apply this language to our machlokas, then we would understand, then we would understand that one, it's at each extreme, that the paradum is either 10 zoos all the marbe, and the echaramamit is this very small, minute amount of which would be a shekel. That's a machlokas. But the Gemara says that's really not where the machlokas was. It wasn't about the para. It says the Gemara six lines down on Membezamadale. This machlokas of 10 and 1 was not by the para. Ella, where was it? They were arguing about the Sir Mishtalech. And one of them said 10, and one of them said 1. How do we know that this is true? So it says the Gemara that unfortunately on that day, the Hahu Yoma, Nachnafshe, the Ravia Barkisi, on that day, there was a great Sadiq who died. He was an Amora. Uh, we know he's an Amora, even though it's a name that we're not familiar with. Ravya Barkisi is not an Amora, but Ravina is an Amora. So when they were talking about it in the times of Ravina, Ravina was one of the latest of the Amora because Ravina and Ravashi codified a lot of what we know of as Gemara. As a historical background, at that time, the Gemara did not look like the Gemara we have. And I don't mean the Surah Sadaf. I mean, even the content of our Gemara did not look the same. At the time of Ravina and Ravashi, what the Gemara basically had is the Mishnayas, as Rabbi Yehuda Nasi wrote them, and statements of Amorim called Memras. Memra is a statement of an Amorah. 
That's why every time we see the word itmar, we know that it's talking about Amorayim. But a lot of the shakla vitaria, we'll have examples today of shakla vitaria. A lot of the shakla vitaria, we know mahu detema, sericha, all of these things were new relative to Ravina and Ravashi. Anyways, Ravina was a late Amora. So on that day when they were arguing about it, they said that uh, Ravya Barkisiva, uh, he died. Um, and here was the simon that they said, they said, on that day in the base Medish when he died, they said, the machlokas we're having about is about something that has kapara, like the seir mishtalech. Well, right, that's what their machlokas was about. It wasn't about the para. It was about the seir hamishtalech. And that brings us to a new sugya. We're about a quarter of the way down on Membez Madalaf and says the Gemara, Amr of Yitzhak Shtei Shrikot Shamati. There are two types of, there are two shritas that I, that I know about. Achas shel para, the achas shel paro. One is talking about the para, a reference to the para aduma. The achas shel paro, one is talking about his par. What does the word his par mean here? It's a reference to the par of the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur. So we have the para, para aduma, and paro. Not paro, like uh, it's no ayin and hay here. This is paro, like a par shelo. So that's a, the two different uh, korbanos we're talking about. It says the Gemara, one of these two items, either the para aduma or the partial kohen gadol, one of them is kshera uh, bizar. One of them, a non kohen is allowed to do the shrita, and the other is not. But says Rabbi Yitzchak, I don't know which one is which. So it says the Gemara, you ask a question, you'll get an answer. This was actually a machlokas amoraim. Itzmar the amoraim say as follows: shritas para uparo. Let's say that shrita was done for the para aduma or the paro, the parashal kohen gadol, rav shmuel. That's a machlokas between rav and shmuel. Very early amoraim says the gemara chadamar para psula paro kshera. One of them says that the para aduma is psula, namely that the para aduma cannot have shrita by a czar. The para aduma can only be shechted by a kohen. However, paro kshera. When it comes to the par of the Kohen Gadol, that anyone can do the Shrita, that's fine. The Zrika Sadam can only be done by the Kohen, but the Shrita itself can be done. That's Shrita number one. The Chadam are Parapsula, no, the exact opposite. The par of the Kohen Gadol requires Shrita of a Kohen. And Parakshir, the Paraduma, can be done by Azar. So that's the Machlokas, the flip flopped Shritas of Para and Paro, according to one. The par uh, the, the the para aduma requires shrita of a coin, and the para of a coin gadol does not. And the other says the other way. And the Gemara, one third of the way down, a little bit more, says tistaim. We are able to conclude from here, from the word siyum to complete tistaim. We can conclude from here. Did Rab who da'amar para that Rab within this machlokas Rab and Shmuel, that Rab is of the opinion that it is the para that is psula, namely that a para aduma is not allowed to have shrita bizar. A non-Kohen is not allowed to do the shrita of the para aduma. So where do we get this from? How do we know that Rav is of the opinion that the para aduma, that the red heifer, can only be sacrificed by an actual Kohen and not by a non-Kohen? So it says the Gemara, the Amar Rabzeira, shritas para bizar psula. Rabzeira said this comment, that shritas para bizar is psula, that you're not allowed to have a non-Kohen do the, the shrita of a para aduma. The Amar Rav Allah, Rav said about that, yeah, that's because of the psukim. The Pasuk says Elazar and Bechukashaninuba. It says that it's Elazar and he's the one who should do the Shrita. So the Pasuk seems to be very clear that it's all about Elazar. Fine. So that, that's uh, how the Gemara answers. So that we therefore assume under the circumstances that in the Machlokas, and in the Machlokas that we see between Rav and Shmuel as to whether or not a non Kohen can do the Shrita. 
of the Para Aduma or the partial Kohen Gadol. So there says the Gemara, it must be that Rav is of the opinion that the Para Aduma cannot be done bizarre, cannot be done with a non-Kohen. However, the Para of the Kohen Gadol can be done bizarre. And then ask the Gemara halfway down to Rav, you said, Rav, you said that the para aduma is puzzle, the haraya, you brought psukim, elazar and chukah, and because it says elazar and chukah by para aduma, we therefore know that a non-kohen cannot do the shechita. Fine? Very good. However, the problem is that the types of psukim that you just brought to prove that a para aduma cannot be done by a non-kohen, we have very similar psukim that seem to say the exact same thing by the partial kohen gadol. Says the Gemara, Paro, when it comes to the power of the Kohen Gadol, Nami, Haksiv, Aharon, Vechuka, the Psukim seem very similar. So, Rav, if what you're saying is that the reason why we know that a para aduma can only be shechted by a Kohen, and if a non Kohen, if a non Kohen would shech the para aduma would be puzzles because it says Elazar and Chuka, well, it's not so different than the partial Kohen Gadol where it says, where it says uh, Aharon, Vechuka, seems very similar. So that answers the Gemara, no. The shrita of the para aduma is not considered avoda. Uh, oh, really? Okay, if that's true, so then says the Gemara Yachi paranami. I'm sorry. The shrita lava avoda. The shrita of the coin of the coin gadol of the par of the coin gadol is not an avoda. So ask the Gemara Yachi paranami. If what you're saying is that it's not considered to be, uh, if the shrita is not considered an avoda, then the para should should be mutter bizarre. It's not considered an avoda. So the Gemara answers shiny para. The kodshe bedek the para aduma is begeder kodshe bedek habayis. The Mefarshimir explained that when something is kodshe bedek habayis, it has kedushas damin, but it doesn't have kedushas aguf. Namely, that its financial value, its fiscal worth, is something that's valuable. It's considered hektesh. However, the animal itself is not considered hektesh. So the Gemara says, therefore, the para aduma is considered like bedek habayis, and bedek habayis can only be done, can only be tended to by a kohen. So says the Gemara of Allah, called the kenhu. Isn't this just a culture cane? If you want to tell me that the para aduma is not even an avoda, it's bedek habayis, and we needed a kohen for that, then the par of the kohen gadol, culture cane, all the more so we should say that it, that it requires a kohen. If something which is not an avoda requires a kohen, Kol Shekain, uh, absolutely it should be the case that the partial Kohen Gadol should need that. So Amar of Shisha, Bereder of Edi, says the Gemara two-thirds of the way down, no, we have precedent for this. We have precedent for the case of the Para Aduma being Koche Bedek What is the case? Midi Dehave Amaros Negoim. When we show a Kohen, a Mare of Negoim, the Mare, the language we're familiar with from Hilchos Nida, so sometimes people had to show a mara of, of an agreement. It wasn't on a baguette. It wasn't on a cloth. It was something on their skin or something on their house. To lava vodahi, that's also not an avoda. Uboya kihuna. And that's how the Gemara explains the shita of Rav. So let's review. Rav is of the opinion that a para aduma is, uh, is psula bizarre. That if a non-Kohen were to do the shita on a para aduma, the halacha is... Halacha is that it's going to be psula, and it's based on the psukim. And in short, Rav is of the opinion that the para aduma is not considered an avoda, but rather it's kochei bedek habayis. However, the partial coin gadol is considered an avoda. Very good. Now we're two-thirds of the way down, a little bit more, says the Gemara, let's understand the shita of Shmuel. Shmuel was of the opinion that the para aduma is allowed to have a non-coin. However, he says with the Shmuel Damar para psula, that when it comes to the par of the coin gadol, that that's puzzle, namely that a zara non-coin cannot do the shechita there. So says the Gemara, paro You're saying by a par that it's puzzle that a non-coin cannot do the avoda. 
he cannot do the shrita. Well, there the psukim say Aaron v'chuka. It's an, the inverted question that we asked against Rab. So here the Gemara says Paranami Haktiv Elazar v'chuka. You should have had the same exact halacha Shmuel if you're going to say that the that the par of the coin gadol is going to be puzzled because the pasuk says Aaron v'chuka. We should have also said that the para aduma would also be puzzled because the pasuk says Elazar v'chuka. So Shmuel answers about uh, ten lines from the bottom. Shiny hasam dechsiv shachatos salafanav. Listen to the deep in the Pasuk that Shmuel makes. It's, it's brilliant. The Shachat Oso Lefanav. You should shecht it before him. Look at the drasha. Zar Shochet Ve'elazar Roe. It's Mamish Pshat in the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Veshachat Oso Lefanav. You should shecht it before him. Who are the pronouns? It says the Gemara. One of them must be a non coin and the other one must be a coin. It's very, very Meduic in the Pasukim. Zar Shochet Ve'elazar Roe. So it says the Gemara. Well, how does Rav answer that? The Rav, if that's basic shot in the Pasuk, that the Pasuk says, that really there should be a, a Zar who does the Shechita in front of Elazar. So Rav, what do you do with that Pasuk? So it says the Gemara, doesn't mean that a Zar is supposed to do the Shechita in front of a Kohen. That's not shot in the Pasuk. Rather, Rav, he says, that we have to make sure that there is no Hesach Hadas. That's why by Paradum, we have to make sure there's no Hesach Hadas. All right, Shmuel, Shmuel, what do you say? Or don't you hold of Hesach Hadas? How do you know, Shmuel, that there is a prohibition against Hesach Hadas? Namely, we have to ensure that we've maintained our focus on the Paraduma. Says the Gemara, don't worry, I have another Pasuk for that. It has to be in front of your eyes. Namely, you have to be paying attention. And that's why the Gemara says, according to Shmuel, so that we have all the Marim Komos work out. But Rav, Rav, what do you do with this extra pasuk? You wanted to say, Rav, that when the pasuk says, that teaches me about Hesach Hadas. And Shmuel responded, I learned that from another pasuk of, uh, yeah, what does he say? So, it's six lines from the bottom. Rav, what do you do with this extra pasuk? So, Rav says, we need the two psukim for two different things. Rav says, one of the psukim is to make sure that when it comes to the shrit of the paradum of that we don't lack hasachadas, that we're able to stay focused, the chad b'sreifa, and one is not the shrita, but one is when we actually burn the animal to generate the ashes, which helps us to get to the point of kapara, to get the, of, of tahara, I should say. So that's why we need both. B'tzricha, five lines from the bottom, we need both psukim. We need the pasuk that says v'shachato salafanov to teach us about hasachadas. We also need the pasuk of v'saraf is a par la'inav about hasachadas. And Rav says again, one for shrita, one for strafe of itzricha. The ikas of rachmana, six lines from the bottom. The ikas of rachmana v'shrita mishum detchila savodahi. If I only would have had a pasuk that would have taught me about hasachadas as it relates to the shrita, all right. So then that's the beginning of the avoda. So I would have thought that at the beginning you have to have kavana. I might have thought that at the later end, maybe not. Therefore, Tzricha, I need the other Pasuk to tell me that even by Tzricha, you're not allowed to have a Hesach Hadas. Because of Rachman of the Tzricha, but if the Torah only had one Marim Malkum to teach me about Hesach Hadas, and I would have applied it to the Tzricha of the Paraduma, so then, Mishum Now, this is the Hechsher from the word Kosher. This is when the para aduma mamish becomes functional in generating tara because now it's been burnt to ash. So now that we have it in the form of ash, that's where you need a, 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 need a reminder in the Torah to make sure that you don't have a hasachadas. I might have thought by shrita, you, there's no concern about hasachadas, therefore tzricha. So that's how Rav answers the question. Both Rav and Shmuel can support their own shitas. 
Now the Gemara seems to make a diuk here, and we'll, we're gonna we're gonna assume that this diuk is without questioning it too much. The assumption is that it seems by para aduma that we have a concern about hesachadas that you have to stay focused. But when it comes to the other korbanos, it seems that maybe not every korban is like para aduma. Maybe not every korban has a concern about hesachadas. It says the Gemara the meutemai. What is different? In this case of para aduma, both according to Rab and according to Shmuel, you're not allowed to have a hesach hadash, you're not allowed to have disrupted thought as it relates to uh, to uh, the world of para aduma. So what's different than that? The So what part of para aduma doesn't require hesach hadash? It says the Gemara two lines from the bottom as follows. If you want to say that the part of the para aduma that does not require hesach hadash, that you don't have to pay attention to is asifat efara, gathering up the ash after the animal is burnt, and getting spring water to then mix with the ash. If that's true, then we turn to the top of Membezim and Bez, so that's not possible. You can't say that that doesn't require uh, um, das. It does require das because it says that it needs to be protected. Take a look at Rashi. The top Rashi and Membezim and Bez Dibur Hamaskal and Bishmeres the Menida, Mashma, the Tzriche Shimur Ad Sheyazemehen. It seems there that we need to have Kavana Dafka in that case. We can't have a Hatzach Hadas. So therefore, we're back to our question, which is which part of Paraduma doesn't require Das? Where do we say that Hatzach Hadas isn't a problem? Ella says the Gemara, Lemeute Hashlochas Eitz Eretz Veezo Vushnitolas, the Lav Gufa de Paranimim. The Gemara says that the area the space within the world of para aduma where we are not concerned about hesach hadas, that's true about throwing in the eight eras, about the throwing in the wood, the azov, and throwing in the hyssop, the solas, and the ribbon. Those are the lav gufa, the para ninhu. Those things are not really physically, fundamentally part of, they're not part of the animal at all. They're, they all come from different places. So that's where the Gemara says that there's no concern about hesach hadas. Just to step off the page for a moment, we know that there's a big discussion in halacha about whether mitzvot tzrichot kavana and whether or not we have to have a, well, like a, how a hezach hadas works. So one of the most practical applications is this, is when a person's in the middle of shakras, they're wearing talus and tefillin, and they have to go to the washroom. So the halacha is that when it comes to tefillin, we have a din that you have to have gufnaki, and you cannot be thinking, you can't wear tefillin in a bathroom. So when you come out of the bathroom, because you, you, you're not allowed to have a hezach hadas in tefillin, or because you can't think about tefillin in a bathroom, so when you come back out, you have to make a bracha on your tefillin. Masha'in kain, when it comes to wearing a talus, we wear a talus cotton into the bathroom all the time. That's mutter, because the talus is not tashmishe kedusha. It's not in and of itself like tefillin. It's a lower level of kedusha. We allow for, tefillin, for talus to be against, against, uh, be against our body. In fact, I'll say the other way. You're mechuyev. If you're wearing a four-cornered garment, you're obligated to have strings on it. Does somebody make a distinction if it's on your skin directly? No, there's no such distinction, but by tefillin. So that's enough kamita where the dust makes a difference. So this is a little bit uh, off of the page, but just a, it, it's a, a practical point that results from this conversation about the Hesach Hadas by the Paraduma. So it says the Gemara, three lines down on Mbezim and Bez. We're going to stop about two-thirds of the way down. Um, we'll stop about two-thirds of the way down. So it says the Gemara as follows. Itmar, we have a statement from the Amorayim, which is going to sound similar. We focused on this already. Shechitas Paravizar. Let's say that by the Paraduma, it was shechted by a non-Kohen. So here we have a Machlokas. Rav Ami Omar Ksheira. Rav Ami says that if you have a non-Kohen who does the shechita of a paraduma, it's kosher. Rav Yitzchak Navcha Amar Psula. So we've seen these shitas already, Rav and Shmuel. And Ula Amar Ksheira, Ve'amri Lapsula. So Ma'ula's shita was unclear. 
The Gemara records his sheet as one of two ways. We don't even know which one. We're not sure. Either way, Masi Rabbi Yoshua bar Ava The Gemara here presents a question to support the Shita of Rav. Let's remember the Shita of Rav. Rav says that the Shita of a para aduma that's done bizarre, that's done by a non-Kohen is psula. Now, I'm going to be clear. When we read this, it's not going to be, we're not going to understand what the question is. And the Gemara is going to say, I don't know what you're talking about. But this brisa is meant to be a question on Rav. Rav's shita is that by a para aduma, if a non-Kohen does a shita by a para aduma, so the halacha is its psula. So let's see how the Gemara frames out the question. Six lines down. He presents a brisa that's going to be a support with siyua to support, to help the opinion of Rav. And here's what the brisa says. When it comes to the haza, to the actual sprinkling of water, the halacha is that it should not be done by a woman, it should be done by a man. And as well, the haza, the sprinkling of the water, is it can only be done during the day. How do we know to include in this category to exclude uh, that uh, women should be involved in these uh, following steps and that it has to be done during the day. How do we know the rabbis to include in this category shchitasa, the actual shechting of the animal, the kabbalah stama, the kabbalah sadam, stama, the sprinkling of the blood, the burning of the animal, and the throwing in of the uh, the wood and the, the hyssop and the ribbon into the fire, Talmud Omar Torah, that all of these are included in the same prohibition, namely, it's not a prohibition per se, it's just that if a woman were to do it, she's not eligible because the Pasuk says uh, ish, and uh, the Pasuk also says beyond. So therefore, the, the, all of these things are, are not going to be kosher if they're done by a woman or if they're done at night. Yochol, maybe I should have included in this category. Yochol, maybe I should also include afasitas efara umilu imayim vekidush. Maybe I should also say that uh, a woman would not be able to do this, or 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 at night it uh, should also not be able to be done. The gathering of the ashes and uh, filling up the water, rikidush, and making it into something holy. Maybe we should say that Tamil Omarzos said, no, not everything gets gets lumped in here. It has to be things that make sense. So says the Gemara. Umar Rice, we're about a quarter of the way down. Umar Rice, the Rabos is Elu, Lohotzias Elu. You've included a lot of things, but then you excluded the collection of the Afer and the adding of water. How did you make that distinction? So says the Gemara, Achar Shariba Hakasub Umiyate, after the Pasuk included certain things and excluded certain things, Amrus, we could have had the following Svara. Hare Anu Lameidin Kulan Meazas Memeha. Everything is drawn out, the Esod of what to include and what to exclude. From, uh, from a woman doing these parts of the para aduma or for them being done at night, how do we know that all comes from the hazas meh from the sprinkling of the waters? Ma hazas meh meh Just like by the sprinkling of waters, we don't allow that to be done by a woman, but it has to be done by a man because the Pasuk says ish, and because the Pasuk says bayom. So I'll also therefore include all of the other pieces of all of these other things are included. It's not just but it's also the shrita of the paraduma and the receiving of the blood and the sprinkling of the blood and the burning of the animal and the throwing into the fire of the wood and the aze of the hyssop and the and the ribbon. Those things are also excluded. And I will exclude from there asifas efara. I will exclude from that list 
that which is the collection of the aether and adding water. There, there's no, nothing wrong with a woman doing those roles. There has to be things that are doma to the hazos meimah, and that's not this. So therefore, ksher nami biyamolaylos. It says the Gemara question mark. This is a question mark on the sheeta. Uh, this is a, a this supports the sheeta of Rav. What did Rav say? I said earlier that it was a question on Rav. That's incorrect. It's a question on Shmuel. So the Gemara here says that this brisa supports Rav. Rav says that the para aduma is going to be possible of his done bizarre. And this, the Gemara says, it's Kashi and Shmuel. So says the Gemara, I don't understand your question. Halfway down on Membez Membez, wrapping up in the next five lines, the high mighty yufta. What kind of question is this? I only did that for you, Mark. That was only for you. What kind of question was this against the Shita of Shmuel? If you're trying to make an equation that this Brisa indicates that a woman is Psula, so too a czar is Pasul. If that's the Kasha and Shmuel says that a czar is Mutter by Paraduma, that's not possible. We have the case of that's for sure not true because. It's not, it's not templated that way, that way, even within Paraduma, because by the Hazas Memeha, we said that uh, it's, it's possible for Anisha, but it's kosher for Hazar. So that can't be what the Bryce says Kasha is on Shmuel. And the Gemara is going to end with a question mark right now in this line, which says, Amar Yufte, what is the question? What is the rejection, actually, of the sheet of Shmuel? The rejection is this, Isha Maitaima, because El Azar, because the Pasuk says the word El Azar, El Azar is a man, Velo Isha. Zar Nami, Elazar, Velozar. So Rav has this beautiful kashia based on the drush of Elazar to say that you might have thought that Elazar was just to exclude uh, non coin. It's not true. Elazar was to exclude an Isha, and Elazar is also to exclude a Zar. So this lengthy brysa that we brought as a kashia against the sheet of Shmuel was just to say that. The word Elazar excludes an Isha and excludes a Zar. So therefore, Shmuel, how can you hold it by a para aduma that the Shrita Bazar is Kshera? And that's, uh, I guess, the Gemara's version of a mic drop type of question because the price is very strong and the Gemara ends the conversation right here. We're going to pick up tomorrow probably with a pre-recorded, I certainly won't be at the right time if I have share, but it'll probably be a pre-recorded video. We'll start two-thirds of the way down with Amar Ula on Membez and Mebez. Have a beautiful night. Will you post it on Podbean or wherever I'm